Well, good evening, everyone. It's um, really nice to be with you here today and to bring you um, the second last installment in our series on faithful presence. We've been working through David E. Fitch's book as a springboard into this series, and we've been exploring the seven disciplines that shape the church for mission. Uh, Since I last shared a teaching time, not the kids' time, but the one before that, we've had a couple of new people join us, so I thought I'd just tell you a little bit about myself before we start. Um, My name's Beck, and I've enjoyed being in this community for seven and a half of the eight and a half years it has been around. Um, During the day, I write and illustrate kids' books and raise my three little ones with my husband, Matt. I've known Jesus all of my life. Um, which has been a sweet 32 years, and I've officially entered the age and stage of sleep deprivation where you have to calculate your age based on your year that you were born because it is the constant. It doesn't change just to mess with you. So let's start by quickly recapping where we've been so far. We have been through five disciplines. Does anybody remember what those five have been? Being with the least of these, yep. The Lord's table. Proclaiming the gospel. Sorry, we're going to be six then. Yep. (laughs) My error. (laughs) Sorry, yes. Being with children. Yep, we've got two more. (laughs) (laughs) reconciliation and last week the fivefold gifting so this week we're turning our attention to the discipline of kingdom prayer um my relationship with prayer has been an ever evolving one i've come a long way i have a long way to go Um, But I thought I'd just share with you some of the things, some of the thoughts I've had about prayer along the way. Um, And hopefully I will sweep up some of the thoughts that you have also had about prayer along your journeys. Um, Sometimes prayer feels like the box that you tick in faith. Have we prayed? Yes. Oh, we forgot to pray. It's the box that we tick. Um, it's talking to God in this holy but one-sided conversation, and sometimes it can feel a little bit like madness. Prayer has also um, been absorbed into our current culture of mindfulness. It's now very socially acceptable to post on someone's Facebook page or Instagram praying for you, and quickly afterwards come sending you good vibes, thinking of you. It's kind of same, same. Uh, This way you speak in your mind has become an interesting and acceptable part of your self-care, your mindset, your self-love, your self-talk. There's a blurring here with prayer. Um, I went through a stage in my life where it became very important the exact words that you prayed. I read a couple of books that were like, if you pray like this, then this will happen and it will shift this in the heavens and then this will happen and this is the outcome. And if it doesn't, then it's your faith that's the problem. (sighs) That was stressful. Um, I read the book called The Prayer of Jabez, which is also an equation. It's like the money cow, cash cow prayer, how to get good stuff in your life. 
And suddenly, because it was this equation formula around prayer, I didn't know what to pray anymore. And certainly not when it came to healing. My goodness, what do I do? It all became about the right words and making them sound right. Not too much, but not too little. Um, With the right amount of confidence, but not too much confidence. Relying on God, but also using my words. Um, Was I alone? Do two of us need to be gathered? Does it make a difference? Um, And that praying, um, yeah, prayer has also, um, has this like departing from the world quality. Hold on, let me just pause what's happening here. I'm going to send a line up and then I'm going to turn back and re-engage. Prayer also seems to be connected to faith. In the leap of faith moment, the cord that you have is prayer. The thing I've always known is that prayer is important and it is worth nutting out and pursuing until you feel, until I felt that I could turn to God in prayer and that this was the best thing that I could do in every situation. When I turned to God in prayer, I had to get to a point where I felt at home, where I felt like this is where I belonged. It's not just a head thing, but a deep, human, fleshy, tangible action. So I don't know if you have had any of those thoughts or if you've been through any of those situations in your prayer journeys. Um, But let's see if we can take one step of understanding or one jump in practice towards the prayerful life together. And specifically today we're looking at kingdom prayer. David E. Fitch defines kingdom prayer as kingdom prayer disciplines us into giving up control and cooperating with what God is doing. Kingdom prayer disciplines us into giving up control and cooperating with what God is doing. The discipline of kingdom prayer comes to us from Jesus himself, as Lyndall beautifully read to us and led us through in the Lord's Prayer. Kingdom prayer is your kingdom come, your will be done. So I'd like to tell you the story of you and the three chefs. Once upon a time, not so far away, not so long ago, in a place not so different to this. There were three chefs. All of them were Michelin star. All of them were working together to create the banquet meal. One day, you find yourself in the kitchen with these three incredible chefs. And they turn to you and they say, what are you doing here? And you say, I'm here to help. What can I do? Now, you see, you have no idea what the chefs are making, but they know what they're making. And it is the finest food that ever there was to be. You would never have a meal like this. It is a once in a lifetime meal that they are making. And they've come together on this day to prepare this meal. And you have turned up and you're there to help. They have divided the jobs between them. And so you get to shadow one chef at a time 
and participate in what they're doing. For one chef, you're grating parmesan cheese. You've got no idea what it's for, but that's your job. You are the parmesan cheese graterer. For another chef, you're crushing garlic. You know this is for the marinade, though, so it does make a little bit of sense to you, and you go, oh, I get it. Got to crush it, not chop it, crush it. Peel it really well. For the third chef, you are cracking eggs, dozens of eggs. You have guesses about what they're making, but you can't be too sure. And it's exciting. The buzz of the kitchen is there. You can smell the different smells. You can hear the sizzling of the heat. You can hear the bustle as they're talking to each other and the banter that's happening between them as they're creating and making this exquisite feast. And you are there. You are part of it. And you're contributing to what they're doing. And you trust that they know what they're doing. And it's painfully clear that you don't have the same skill set as them and that you will probably never have the same skill set as them and that you'll probably never steer this ship, but you're there. And when you've finished, at the end of the day, feeling tired and weary after all of your hard work, you wash your hands, you take off your apron and you carry it out into the restaurant and there you see hundreds of thousands of people all holding their dirty aprons sitting in chairs, waiting for the banquet meal. And you realize you are one of millions of people who have helped to make this meal. And so you go and you take your seat and you wait. You rest and you wait. And then finally, when the last helper comes out, the three chefs follow them and they say, it's ready. The time has come. And they lead you into the banquet hall and there is a feast that is greater than any feast you have ever seen in your entire life. There is food and it's of the finest quality and you have no idea which bit you did, but you know that you helped and that you were there and that your hands still smell of garlic because you helped prepare this feast. What a big plan. What a big success. This is prayer. Prayer is stepping into the kitchen of the Trinity and saying, how can I help you do what you are doing? Kingdom prayer disciples us into giving up control and cooperating with what God is doing. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are at work bringing about the kingdom of Jesus Christ. They are restoring all things, and we are invited to help. But we must know it is his plan, it is his way, and with him we get to be involved. So though we approach this discipline after some of the others, it's the foundation of all of the other disciplines. We step into the kitchen where God is reconciling, where he is creating opportunities for the gospel of Jesus to be spoken in words, where he is present with the least of these, where his kingdom is found amongst the the children and where he is growing his kingdom and gifting his people with skills and with tools to keep on the work in preparing the banquet. In Matthew 6 verse 7 it says, 
And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask him. God knows what we need. God knows what we have. He knows our desires. He knows our hearts. He just, he knows. He already knows. But he wants us to still step into the heart of what he is doing. He wants us to still tell him about what we want and what we need. We move from being outside, watching what God is doing, to being inside and participating in what God is doing. And it takes an active effort to shift our axis of our lives so that we are not at the center of it. It takes an action to step forward into joining God with what he is doing. And that action prayer is, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Kingdom prayer is so important that we shouldn't just skim over it. Kingdom prayer gathers us into Christ's presence so that we would be at a great loss if we tried to do anything outside of that. Your will be done brings us together into this new and wonderful way. It draws people together around issues, around places, around circumstances, around situations. It's the means of taking a belief and making it a reality. It is the means of shelter and safety in the face of danger and crisis. Prayer is the doorway into the kitchen of the good works God has for us to do. And once we get there, we find ourselves in the company of God. There are not levels, there are not stages. There is one action from being by myself to being with God. And we are literally standing in the kitchen with him. Can you imagine that? When we pray, we are literally standing with God. If while you were chopping the carrots, you slipped and cut your finger in the kitchen with these three chefs who are the Father, Son, and Spirit. Would you hide it from him? No, you turn to him and say, oh my goodness, I just cut my finger. And knowing that he has full capacity to, to just make it better, you say, can you help me? He's so familiar, right there. If you're confused about what to do next and ask, what should I do next? Prayer is stepping into the kitchen with God and asking him, what shall I do next? So with this in mind, the discipline that we need to practice is coming first to God. And so once there, are your prayers big enough to honor God? Do you pray for God to change the world in whatever way you see with your eyes that it needs support? Kingdom prayer embodies what it means to be faithfully present to his presence in the world. I'd like to briefly touch on control here. I think, I don't think I need to say too much about it, but let's just focus on it for a minute. Because kingdom prayer disciplines us us into giving up control. 
In order to step into the kitchen, you have to give up and submit to God, to his plan. Is it my kingdom? Is it your kingdom? No, it's God's kingdom. And Jesus is seated on the throne of grace. And so when you enter the kitchen, are you deciding what to cook? Are you steering the ship? Am I steering the ship? No, we are joining what God is already doing. In Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. To give up control is to offer your complete trust. No side micromanaging, complete trust to God. It may not make complete sense at the end of the day, but God has the big picture in mind. He knows where things are heading and you are joining him by doing the jobs he asks you to do along the way. At the same time, our God is not a mystery in that he wants his children to come to him. He wants us to be familiar with him. He wants us to bring our requests. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. You see, most of us, at some point in our life or another, live under the beautiful delusion that we're in control. And this results in like this feeling of constant striving. You know that feeling like you're drowning under all the things that you have to manage and do and the things you've got to massage and it's just, it's control. The structures, the systems that we've put in place that are now falling apart that aren't working, it's control. Because once you think you have control, then it's very hard to let go and you can't let go of control because then you are literally out of control and then chaos ensues. But more fool us to think that we ever had it in the first place. We have autonomy, but we don't have control. The passage in Matthew 7 about judgment comes to mind here. You know the one about picking the speck out of the eye of the other person when you have got the log in your own eye? I think it's so funny because it's just, for me, it's a picture of control. <laughs> oh, my goodness, would you pick out the speck out of your own eye? It's just control. It's just control. It's all control. Prayer puts us firmly in our place. It is the five-point safety harness that we are willingly clicking ourselves into in the car that is driven by God. There's a vulnerability in prayer that says, I can't, but you can. Not me, you. This doesn't need me, but it does need you. I'm out of ideas and out of options, but they all came from you anyway, so you're up. And even that, even that isn't enough. Even that assumes that I have tried everything that I can without God first, and then I'm turning to God. Instead, the challenge is to say, you can, you have It's yours. It's up to you. 
I need you. You're first. It's your plan. It's your idea. Your future. You are faithful. You are present. You are here. I belong with you. You are my safe place in the paddock, in the rain, in the hail, in the desert, in the flood, in the storm, in the crisis, in the chaos, in the neat, in the messy. It's you. It always has been and it always will be. (laughs) So for some of us, this will be super hard. And I'd like... (laughs) my beautiful mother-in-law assigns a different ringtone for each contact so that she knows who's calling when it rings she is an administrative wizard (laughs) so for some of us Letting go of control will be super, super hard. And so I'd like to offer a word of comfort and support for you in that, in that situation. I've often thought about the disparity between the wise saying of look before you leap, which is like super sensible and very wise, and the saying of faith, which is the leap of faith, which is trusting and eyes closed. One feels cautious and sensible and and the other one feels trusting but totally blind. And I'd like to propose that in this action of coming to God in prayer, of entering the kitchen, that giving up control, we're taking a leap of, we are taking a leap of faith, but we should do so with our eyes wide open. Because when we jump, we do so with our eyes firmly fixed on God's eyes. It feels like a leap for us, but he knows where our next step will fall. And there's something sometimes about prayer that feels like we need to leave the ground. This alternate reality, this mystical, magical, Wi-Fi-like thing. Sometimes the connection's there and sometimes who knows what's going on. I just like you all to stand up for a second. And feel, just feel the weight of your feet on the floor. Feel the pressure of the floor on the underside of your feet. The work of the Lord leads us to be in the world so much so that he created this beautiful force called gravity to keep us on the earth. You just feel it. You feel God pushing you to stay on the ground, stay connected to what is around you. The next time you doubt about your, is God, what do I pray? What do I do? Just feel his presence and the soles of your feet connecting you to what he has made. Take a seat. Okay, last, last thing I want to say. So kingdom prayer disciplines us into giving up control and cooperating with what God is doing. 
Kingdom prayer is not a disconnection from reality. It's not a form of magic that we draw on. Prayer is a firm and confident step into the reality of the kingdom of God. In Revelations 21 verse 3 it says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They are his people. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. God's work in restoring all things to himself is within the creation. It is within us. It is between us. It is around us. Prayer is a fleshy action. It is deeply human and fleshy. It is the peace in violent places. It is joy in sadness. It is the reconciliation of marriages. It is the humility within apology. It is in the patience of time. It's in the silencing of gossip. It's in the curiosity of new friendships and old friendships. It's in the honesty of returning the accidentally stolen good in the bottom of your pram. It's in the nurturing of the earth. It's in the care of animals and other wonderful things that God has created. It's in the proclamation that Jesus is Lord. It is in the not bowing down to the idols of consumerism and consumption. It's in the silencing of jealousy and the rejoicing of love. It is in the sharing of possession and resource. It is in the costliness of hospitality and the generosity of sacrifice. There's the action of prayer. And you can do all of these things without God. You can do all of these things because you want to be a good person. But as believers... We come first to God and we join him in his restoration for this earth. We join him with what he is doing. And then our actions are because of what he is doing. Not because of my works, but because of his works. Not because of what I'm striving to do, but because I'm joining him in what he is doing. And that means that when you do the good things that God has called you to do as a believer in Jesus Christ, you are bringing him glory. It is his transformation. It's not me, it's him. I am his. And so the good that comes from me is because he is good. But that doesn't happen if you don't first come to him in prayer, if you don't join him first. There are times in the Christian life, and particularly in church life, where we get weary and where we get tired and where we feel like we are striving, we are pushing and we are pushing and we are pushing so hard. It is like 
being part of a church sometimes can feel like you are pushing a boulder up a hill. It is. It can be really hard. There are other times where it feels like you are chasing it down the other side and it is just free-falling and it, you're feeling good. Well, that might stress some people out, the boulder going down the other side. <laughs> but at the point in a community of believers where you feel like you are pushing, I want to encourage you to stop and look around and see where you are. Are you in the kitchen or did you step out of it? Because it's very difficult to make the meal if you're not in the kitchen. It's very difficult to join God in what he's doing if you stepped out, if you haven't first come to him to join him. And so then the question is, is my push, is the thing that I'm trying to do for my good or for the good of the kingdom? And those couple of questions should, should guide you back to this kingdom prayer of, Lord, may your will be done. I want to help you do what you're doing because what you're doing, oh, man, it's good. It's so good. Just before we get to the Lord's Prayer, um, Jesus is on the Sermon of the Mount and he's, he's talking and he says, rejoice, rejoice because it's good. What we're doing is good. What I've got is good. The kingdom is good. Sometimes prayer can be very solemn and we bring, we bring our greatest petitions and it's reverent and it's, that's good too. But what God is doing is he's transforming the world back to what he wanted it to be, what his big plan is, what Jesus came for. God reigns and we get to join him in what he's doing. So friends, prayer's primary task is to align us with God and his purposes. And it brings us into relationship with him. So rather than talking about God, we start talking to God. Kingdom prayer moves us from being pro the work of God and pro his presence on earth and pro his restoration of all things to being willing to be involved in the process. It says, include me. Make me part of what you are doing. All right, we've got um, just a couple of minutes. Um, And I just thought it would be good before the kids come back down for us to turn to each other. And I want to create an opportunity for us to pray together um, this kingdom prayer, to step into the kitchen as a community And I'd like to challenge us as a community about our prayer. We have had seasons of our lives where we have met once a week down at the beachfront to pray for DY and pray for our community. And this is a season that we haven't had that. And so I want to put it to you because we are a church where your view and your opinion and your process is really important. What does prayer look like within our community, corporately, individually, So that's something for you to take away and mull on and send into the dive in. I'll post a question about that. But for now, let's turn and let's pray together just for a couple of minutes and then Julian will come up and lead us in some worship.